Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. I am your host, Michael Delaware, and today we are going to explore the peculiar story of a pioneer settler named Dorrance Williams, who settled on the Gogwak Prairie in 1831 and lived his days as a suspicious man, seemingly finding conflict in every dealing with his neighbors. He ultimately suffered the disturbing and tragic fate of being buried alive. Oh yes, we're going to dig into this one. According to a book published in 1913, A History of Calhoun County by Washington Gardner, Dorrance Williams came to the area known as the Gogwak Prairie in 1828. He was employed by the U.S. government in surveying the land within the present-day limits of Battle Creek Township, known today as the city of Battle Creek. He selected a fractional quarter of Section 14, where he settled in 1831. The farm later became owned by William Foster, who in turn sold the farm to a man named John Stewart, who would plant the first apple orchard in the township. Dorrance Williams is also mentioned in the Pioneer Collections, which were first published in 1884 by the Pioneer Society of Michigan on pages 274 and 275. And they give a short biography on him, which offers a unique insight into the character of Mr. Williams. It reads, Dorrance Williams came to the Gowak Prairie in the fall of 1831 from Ohio and settled upon what is now the Foster Farm. He built his log house on the south border of the prairie near the woods. He owned in all some 400 acres of land, a part of it lying between Battle Creek and Gogwak. Mr. Williams lived and died a bachelor. By those who knew him best, he was called a good man. Yet, he was a peculiar man. He considered himself a gentleman, even in the chivalrous sense of that term, and held the highest opinion of his honor, and his word, no man must gainsay. Here, we undoubtedly get a clue to the real difficulties that attended him through life. His nice sense of honor, justice, and right did not spare with human nature which he found in his dealings with mankind a pretty crooked stick at best. Dorrance Williams was naturally a suspicious man and was afraid every man he dealt with was striving to cheat him. This kept him at feud with somebody most of his lifetime. Probably his memory comes down to more people through a lawsuit than by any other channel. The following nice distinction we have never here equaled in any courtroom. The complainant in a lawsuit in which Dorrance was plaintiff was testifying, as the latter, though, falsely, this could not brook, and debuked him with, You lie, sir! Whereupon the court censored Dorrance, saying it would not allow such language to be used. This put the chivalrous bachelor on his dignity, and he thus explained, Your Honor, had I said to this man, You lie, I ought to have been fined for contempt of court. But I said, You lie, sir. Which last word, sir, raised the expression from any vulgar meaning, and instead of slandering the man, I honored him by its use. The court, no doubt astonished at this profound distinction, waived all censure and proceeded with the trial. At one time, Dorrance attempted to satisfy his curiosity concerning the Indian mound on his farm by digging into it. 
The Indians, observing him at his work on the mound with his spade, threatened him to such a degree that he was afraid to remain in this part of the country. He was gone something of a year before he came back. The Red Men were the only people that Dorrance Williams had trouble with that he did not sue. He died at his home on the prairie some 25 years ago. In the book Beyond These Gates, published by Oak Hill Cemetery and edited by local historians, Dorrance Williams again receives a mention. It describes that he died of what was supposed to be kidney difficulties in 1846 and was buried on August 26 that same year at Oak Hill Cemetery, which was just two years old at that point. So I researched the only newspapers in publication during that time in Battle Creek, uh, and the only one in publication was the Michigan Tribune. And there was a short mention of his death, which reads, Died in Battle Creek on Sunday the 23rd, instant, after a short illness, Dorrance Williams, in the 49th year of his age. So he was not very old at all when he died, or supposedly died. In 1850, the father of a man named Daniel Clark bought the large cemetery plot where Williams was buried, with the understanding that the remains of Dorrance Williams would be removed to a smaller plot elsewhere in the cemetery. Apparently, Dorrance had a large plot by himself, and the cemetery sold the entire plot to another larger family, with the stipulation that the grave of Mr. Williams be moved to another part of the cemetery. Today, if you're curious, you can find Dorrance Williams' grave very close to the fence on the north side of Oak Hill Cemetery, about 200 feet from the corner of the east fence. The work to move the grave was delayed until 1887, when the sexton finally got around to digging up the remains. Apparently, the Clark family didn't have any need for a burial during that time. The sexton of Oak Hill Cemetery at the time was Charles Sturgis, and he was assisted by Josiah M. Caldwell. So the information in Beyond These Gates, which is a slightly shorter version of the story, comes from an article that was published in the Battle Creek Daily Moon on Monday, October 3rd, 1887. And I'm going to read you the full article because it's very interesting. It reads, This morning, when Charles Sturgis, the sexton of Oak Hill Cemetery, assisted by Josiah M. Caldwell, were removing the remains of Dorrance Williams on the cemetery lot now belonging to Daniel Clark, they made a discovery that leads them to declare that the remains were buried alive. Williams was well known to the other residents as a very eccentric old bachelor with a great deal of money. He owned at one time what is now the Foster Farm and much other valuable property adjacent to it on the prairie. In August 1846, he died of what was supposed to be kidney difficulties and on the 26th day of the month was buried on the lot where his remains were unearthed this morning. He never had any relatives that could be found by a most untiring search, and the old residents remember there was something peculiar about his case, but cannot call to mind what it was. In 1850, Daniel Clark's father bought the cemetery lot with the understanding that the remains should be removed to another part of it, which he had deferred doing from time to time until this morning, when the sexton, assisted by Mr. Caldwell, 
dug them up. They found the head, which was a remarkable thick skull, turned to one side in a corner of the coffin with both hands clinched into it. The body was turned over from the way it was originally laid and the knees were brought up under it clear to the chin. The position was one of real desperation such as a person would assume in the dread despair that must have come on him when he realized the true nature of his dreadful situation. The bones were in an excellent state of preservation concerning they had laid there over 41 years and readily disclosed the position to be one that would not have been assumed by them except there was life in the coffin to draw them into their position. The sexton, his assistant, and all who have seen the remains or were knowing to the circumstances surrounding his death give it their undoubtable opinion that Dorrance Williams was buried alive. It is fortunate that no one of his family survives to be haunted by the terrible thoughts of his sufferings, despair, and final death in that limited cell. And that was the end of the article. So what comes to mind when I read this last article and connect it with the earlier biographical writings on Dorrance Williams, the statement that old residents remember there was something peculiar about his case but cannot just call to mind what it was? This leaves me with a bit of suspicion on who they were interviewing at the time of the article and what they actually knew. Was there some hidden plot to get back at Williams for all his annoying lawsuits? Did someone have an axe to grind and wanted to make him suffer? Did he curse himself by trying to dig up the remains in the Indian grave mound? Or was it just karma that finally caught up with him? I'm going to leave you to ponder that as we conclude today's episode on Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. If you want to see a video that I did on tragedies at Oak Hill Cemetery that includes the story of Dorrance Williams, I'll leave a link in the description of this episode. If you want to find out more about me, visit michaeldelaware.com and be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel and also this podcast for more adventures into forgotten Michigan history. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll come along with me next time.